Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. Today, I am delighted to have Raf, Raf Rosette, very well-known figure here in the Barcelona geo scene, to talk with me. Raf is at the ICGC, the Catalan National Mapping Agency here in Barcelona. But beyond just working there, he also organizes many other projects in the geo scene and in the, the OSGEO world. And he also runs a service called LinksGeo, which is a daily feed of two to three interesting geo links that we're going to talk about. And that is in many ways similar to GeoMob in terms of being a very diverse perspective on the geo world. So it's Ralph, it's great to have you here on the podcast. Maybe you can start off by introducing yourself a little bit. Thank you so much, Ed. My name is Rafael. Uh, everyone knows me as Raf, not like Roth, but Raf, R-A-F. I'm from Barcelona, and uh, I've spent almost my working life at the ICGC, which is the uh, mapping agency of Catalonia, a public mapping agency. And I'm really involved in some of the um, activities of the OGO activities here in Barcelona and in Catalonia. All right. Well, first off, Raf, I want to thank you quite a lot because you've been you've been quite helpful in us getting GeoMob Barcelona going, helping to recruit some of the speakers and encouraging people to attend. So I appreciate it a lot. Let's start with your Links Geo project, which hopefully mm-hmm. I can I want to get you to do a presentation about this at a GeoMob Barcelona at some point in the future. But basically, it's a daily feed of interesting geo stuff that people can get by Twitter, by email, on LinkedIn, on other platforms. And every day, it's just different stuff that has some kind of interesting geo aspect. And I've been a subscriber for quite a long time now, and I love it because it just brings random cool geo stuff to me. Tell us about that project. Well, how long have you been doing that? What is the motivation? How do you do it? Give us some background like 10 years ago in 2010 a group of local people in barcelona we organized the first 2010 in barcelona the core of that group uh, we founded hyper local initiative inside of geo that we call geo inquiets which it can be roughly translated to english as geo geeks <laughs> okay those geo geeks in barcelona we decided to run a monthly meeting much like Geomop. And then, uh, because just right there, Twitter started, I decided to go on and send most of the links and presenters and presentations of the people we met on those weekly meetings over over Twitter. That lasted for uh, like 10 years, no, eight years. And in 2018, I closed the Geo Inquiets account and I opened the Links Geo account because I felt that uh, speaking as Geo Inquiets just wasn't right. If because I mean I felt that I was speaking for for a bunch of people that not always shared my ideas or the need for those links. The, the most hardcore stuff or the, or the most or the less hardcore stuff. So I've been doing that for the last 10 years and I've sent, I don't know, the Geon Kids account when we closed that, it had like 2,000 tweets in it and the Links Geo account, it has right now like about 1,600 links uh, on that account. And it's anything related to geosciences. And you do this every single day. 
I mean, or five days a week at least. How do you have enough material? I mean, where do you get the stuff from? Uh, yeah, except during weekends. I send uh, like three links daily, Monday to Friday, not on weekends. And that comes from reading a lot of sources. I, I still use a friendly RSS reader, which is linked to a lot of Geo accounts all over the, the world in English, in French, in Italian, German, Spanish, and also Catalan. And that's where the uh, links come from. And recently, also, uh, the Guillaume Kiet's uh, Links Geo account has been following lots of interesting people around, cartographers, map makers, people from GIS and from whatever, machine learning sciences, anything that has the Geo component, which is more and more pervasive and present in all of the earth sciences and the steam sciences. Yeah, in the last couple of years, I mean, the last 10 years, there's been an explosion in cool visualizations and cool maps, old maps, interesting maps. There are all these different accounts that have, you know, people like looking at maps and it's really become kind of mainstream. How many people are subscribed now? How many people are getting your content? Because you have it across a bunch of different platforms. You get people have email, Twitter. I see it on LinkedIn. Do you have any idea how many people are getting this content that you put out every day? I don't have the precise numbers. There's like more than 100 people on Mastodon. And then uh, like 300 people on Twitter. 20 some people that receive the daily email the guest on MailChimp. And like 200 or 250 people on LinkedIn. So about roughly like 500 or 600 people reading the, uh, the links I send daily. And is it, is it just one way or are you getting feedback? Like every day, do some people write back to you and give you comments about the stuff? Or is it is kind of one no, direction? No, it's more, it's more one direction. Pe- people don't get too involved in the geosciences, at least here in in Barcelona. I know they read it and I know they use it sometimes, but it's not daily uh, that I get feedback or comments or anything. On, and it happens most on mostly on Twitter rather than LinkedIn or Mastodon. So no, no, not really feedback on those. The idea of sending all those tweets over email at the Gear in Kids list was to have um, to open the possibility to have a discussion on the most uh, pressing or hot issues of, of what was exposed on those links, but it, that really never happened. Yeah, it's that's difficult. I mean, that's kind of why I mean at GeoMob, that's why I try to have we'd have not just the content, but then we move to the pub because that's where then people are in a more relaxed environment. And the discussion yeah. actually happens, I find. So. Yeah, alcohol helps. Alcohol helps. Alcohol helps. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, to supplement that discussion that never happened on the list, that does not happen at all on Twitter. That's why we um, we organize the GeoCalsutada with Catalan typical dish. And that's why the GeoInquiet in Valencia, because the GeoGigs initiative that we started at GeoInquiet has a spread worldwide. And there are geoinquiets groups in Valencia, Madrid, Asturias, Galicia, and then uh, there's uh, also a geoinquietos group in what was that Argentina, and I think in Mexico also. So there's there's a lot of local in, hyper local initiatives that has taken the name from geoinquiets related to Spanish, 
which is Geo Inquietos. And the people in Valencia, they organize, a, like, I think it's mid-July, they organize the Geo Paella. Yeah, the yeah. Geo Paella. I've seen that advertised. And that's, yeah. it's, it's a bunch of interesting people in Valencia. And there, after we have the rice and the, uh, the, uh, the wine and everything, there's also a nice discussion on Geo anything that happens to happen in Valencia, Barcelona, or all over. And then we have people from companies, private and public companies, freelance coders. We have all sorts of profiles devoted to geo sciences in business. Mm. Yeah, I, well, I guess you've really got your finger on the pulse of the Catalan scene and also the greater Spanish scene. So tell us a little bit about the work you do mm -hmm. at the ICGC. And I mean, you've been there for a while. So how have things evolved over time? And what kind of projects are you mainly focused on now? Well, I started there. My background is in IT, and I studied there in data processing facilities when we had one of those uh, digital equipment VAX systems. Uh, from those times to now, map production has changed a lot, but still has a lot to be done to have both the precision that National Mapping Agency can provide to the cartography and also the fast-paced chain adaption that projects like OpenStreetMaps have. So right now, I mean, one of group that was created um, like five years ago, that it's trying to innovate how the mapping agencies should deliver or provide or spread data not data, but also products and services. So I don't like to call it innovation because everything's already invented, but we are on the edge of uh, providing new ways to distribute cartography and maps. And, but also imagery. You guys do a lot with imagery as well, don't you? Oh, yes. We, we, have, uh, we do fly uh, Catalonia every year, and we, we have like three planes at the ICGC, so we have our own imagery along with imagery provided by commercial platforms. And that we do also distribute it. But really, imagery is quite quite simpler to distribute. It's, it's more easily distributed than vector tiles or raster tiles coming from vector information. How do you see the role of national mapping agencies evolving and this is a conversation you know we've had several times over the years of like one thing that i see I, having run geomob now for over a decade in london it seems like the national mapping agency data is of course fantastic but more and more all the new projects are using OpenStreetMap, or, or let's say something like google which i guess relies on national mapping agency data but, but typically OpenStreetMap because they you know, it's so easy to get the data. It's one format for the whole world. And so I wonder, does that diminish the role of national mapping agencies? Is that an opportunity? Is it a threat? How can those two worlds kind of coexist? Well, Google certainly made an end on mapping agencies because they have a lot of muscle in terms of huge amount of money and uh, brilliant profiles working for them. But they don't have, they don't see the, the, the hyper-local information they they don't really care about uh, place names or small constructions and dwelling isolated dwellings in in the middle of the uh, forest so google 
the business is another one. OpenStreetMap, OpenStreetMap, I think that's a good, a really good platform for collaboration and for having the most recent map done almost daily. They like the precision in, in OpenStreetMap, they like the precision that a national mapping agency can provide because of the tools that we use and the professionals we, we've been forming, training for those many years. So the ideal platform would be a mix or a cross between the daily information updated on OpenStreetMaps with the uh, precision and craftsmanship and uh, professionalism of the national mapping agencies. I don't think it's going to happen in the midterm or in the short term because national mapping agencies, they tend to aim to another target that's not citizens or people trying to use OpenStreetMap instead of Google Maps because they feel that an open and free project is better, best, best suited for them to engage in. So it's kind of tricky right now, but more and more national mapping agencies see the need to collaborate with OpenStreetMap or at least have an eye always on top of OpenStreetMap and see where the community is going. Hmm. Yeah, well, I know you, I, I remember we that we had a state of the map Catalonia a couple of years ago and you were there, as were many of mm -hmm. your, your colleagues from, from the mapping agency. So, I mean, I know you keep an eye on it. What are, what are some of the other more interesting projects or new technologies that you see coming? Because I know you're also very active in kind of the software side of things on the OSGO and what, what kind of things get you excited about the industry? Right now, the brightest future, I see it in deep learning and machine learning processes applied to imagery. We've been trying to process uh, through a deep learning algorithm all our imagery of the last year to seek through the automated process where the, where the most, the, the imagery differs most from the uh, vector map that we constructed last year in terms of buildings, for, for example so that we can pinpoint which areas have really changed in the last year and start working on those precise areas to update our map. And that's really, really interesting. It's tricky, it's difficult. There's a lot of options and you don't never get it really fine at first try. So there's a lot to do on, on that field which is really interesting. And then there's all the minor in terms of the target, but not the work that we need, which is uh, having that same distribution of imagery and vector maps to phone, any kind of phones and portable devices, that, which is another, another league that national mapping agencies should be battling in. Yeah, well, I know you guys made that hiking app, that Catalan hiking map. I forget the name of it now, but it's really cool. I mean, it's really detailed. And anyone who goes hiking, yeah. and it's a great resource if whenever I go hiking. There was an ease that was we saw that could be filled with our cartography because it is really detailed and has all the, those hiking trails and places and place names. So since we already had the product, the uh, 
one to twenty five thousand math and uh, one to ten thousand math, we thought that compa co compiling a version uh, made of uh, mixing both the scale uh, scales and then converting that to vector tiles and and compressing it really compressing it to a small footprint file we could find a way to deliver it across phones and work in, in the the uh, offline market of hikers that could use the map on their phones without having a data connection because they just uh, preloaded the 300 megabyte file that covered the whole Catalonia at that high detail. And it had work it, it really is working. It's now two years that we have haven't updated the map. We are preparing a new version of that map. But it's it's had a huge reception and hikers are really happy to have another tool to get on the field and just I don't know walk around and, and see the the updated, precisely drawn, high quality information that the ICGC can provide. Yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great app. I've, I've used it myself. We're, we're fortunate that Catalonia is an area where there's a lot of good hiking. What are your impression as someone who's been involved in the geo scene here in Barcelona for a while, and now as we've started GeoMob and things, what's your impression of how the tech scene is evolving and and the implications for the geo community? Any any thoughts on that and all the new startups that are coming and things like that? Wow. This, it's really a rich, really rich ecosystem. There's more and more companies using the geo component in their businesses and more and more people are using maps without knowing they are using maps. So it really, the geo component, it's being more and more transparent to end users while it's being more and more valued business level for those, all those companies. So I think we will see, we are already seeing a rise in the use of geo-information, but we will see uses of geo-information in businesses and initiatives and startups that we can't really imagine right now. I've been, uh, for, for a while, I've been playing with uh, Pokemon Go, which is a phone application sure. uh, where you have to... Uh, you, you know, yeah, of course, you know of course. Pokemon Go well, I didn't peg you as a Pokemon Go player, Ralph, I have to admit, but um, all right. Not a hardcore player of, of Pokemon Go. I just installed it and, and started playing because uh, Niantic did a good job of integrating the base map for OpenStreetMaps and using it as a navigation tool to uh, to go from one pocket game and pocket stop to the next one. And most of the young players that I've met here when uh, I started playing, they were not aware that they used a map. Yeah, sure. So when I asked them, are you, you know what maps are? Do you use maps in your daily life? And they said, no, no. Cartography is something that my dad has in the, in the car and that takes us from point A to point B but I don't use maps. For me, they have no interest. And I said, well, you are playing Pokemon Go, so you really know how to read a map. You're using one right now. And they went like, oh yeah, that's right. You got me there. So um, we'll see more and more things like that. People not being aware of uh, geo information in their lives and geo data being more and more important. I think you're right. It has become an invisible layer that's in on top of every, every uh -huh. service. So, uh -huh. yeah, it is. 
All right, Ralph, let's end with our traditional final question. What what has been your favorite Geomob talk of all the talks that you've seen at the various events? Oh, I've seen quite a few presentations and um, I don't really know. The, the, most, the one that I like the best is the um, the Maps in the Wild initiative. All right, by sure. Stephen Feldman. Stephen Feldman, yeah. Yeah, he's a nice chap. He is a... Well, he's, um, he's... We met last year in Barcelona. And that initiative of tra- tracking all those map sightings in the real world, that's something that I find it really nice. Really nice. Well, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. In some ways, very similar to your Lynx Geo project in that you just kind of get interesting maps every day. Exactly. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Raf. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us. And uh, as I said, thanks for all of your efforts for the Geo community in Barcelona and for helping us get Geomob going. And You're more than welcome. at some point, we're going to get you to talk at, at a Geomob Barcelona. So <laughs> how can people get in touch with you if they want to talk with you about any of these topics? My, my contact details, they can find them in the LinkedIn account in Twitter. Okay. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn and they have my Gmail account. Is open to collaborations, news, anything. So uh, feel free to keep in touch through, mainly through LinkedIn on Twitter. All right. Thanks a lot, Raf. Thanks for talking with us. You're more than welcome. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future Geomop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.